28 minutes or less podcast with S. Foster. What's good, people? It's your boy, S. Foster, back for another episode of 28 Minutes or Less, and this is episode 75 of the podcast. And I got a very special guest on with me. Um, I think this is the first time you've been on 28 Minutes or Less. You've been on Viewers Anonymous with me and Scoots. You've been on the Stolen Time podcast. I had to retire the Stolen Time podcast because rest in peace to Uncle Washington. But uh, I believe it's the first time you've never been on uh, 28 Minutes or Less. I got my cousin Brandon Foster, you know what I'm saying, be in the building, man. How you feeling, cuz? Man, I'm feeling good, man. Feeling wonderful. Feeling wonderful. That's what's up, man. I I, I needed something because, look, even though, look, Scoots is really good at this as well, but, you know what I'm saying, you like my comedy of, of reinforcements, man. You love – I know how much you be loving doing the comedy movies, man. We did uh, – Plenty of uh, comedy episodes, and man, we got a great one today. But before we get into it, man, I just wanted to, because I always like to share something, you know, personal for the for the fanfare that I have um, for this podcast. And like, when it come to you, B, like, I remember when I first started the podcast, and like, you know, nobody really knew what it was. I barely even knew what it was. Yeah. And so, like, but the one thing that you always did and you still do to this day, and what makes it great for me is the fact that there is someone in my family. Because, like, I don't really have a lot of support to this podcast when it comes to family. You know, Uncle Washington was a part of it. So, right. you know what I mean? It can't really count him because he's, you know what I'm saying, he was a part of it. But, right. like, you would be like, you just hit me up. Yo, how the podcast doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, just a little question like that because I really didn't have anybody else to talk to about it. And, like, you would always ask how it's doing. And you'd be like, yo, you know what I'm saying? You need to have me on, man. I'll jump on when you want me to come. And, like, man, just just, just for you to do that, man, just, just to ask the question, like, how the podcast is going, man. It means a lot. It, mean, it means a lot, cuz, and that you're always willing to, to jump on, even though you're not necessarily a podcaster. But, um, yeah, I just want to say I appreciate that, man, for always supporting and saying, yo, you know what I'm saying? Look, it's going to take off, man. Give it time. Give it time. Just always having that encouragement from you always been a, a huge thing for me. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, um, I think for me, as, as you know, or anybody that's, especially us as black African-Americans, uh, especially, in which we don't really, you don't really get a lot of, is, you know, your people, you know, encouraging you to do better or that. But I'm just that type of person, man. Like, you know, whatever it is, man, whether it's, you know, whether you're going for entrepreneurship, whether it's uh, a nonprofit, or you know, such as yourself, podcasting and stuff, man. Hey, I, I, I salute, but I, I salute you. 
anybody and you know whatever they got going on whatever they're doing man we just gotta encourage each other man we gotta you know continue to uh be that support for one another you know because you you know in anything you do man you get you get you get to that place the way you get like you get you get fatigued you get uh you get you get you get to a place where you just like man i don't know if this working or who getting in or whatever it is you're doing but you know hey i support man hey i I just like to be that person, just to encourage, man, people to just keep going, man. Whatever it is you got going on, just keep at it, you know. Eventually, it'll take off, man. So, you know, that's just me. That's just how I am. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. And and I love it, man. Like, you know, if you doing what you doing, I mean, like, I, you know, you'll call me, you'll hit me up. I'll be like, yo, how you need detail? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, like, when you tell me business is booming, like, hey, that's what's up, man. I love I love to hear that, man. I love to see you uh, continuously promote on your Facebook page. You know all the new clients that you're getting and all that type of stuff. Man, you do a great job. You know, and I, and, and you know, I don't know if they still do it, but I know I brought you I bought you a few customers. You know what I'm saying? Because it's just like yo, like when you see somebody like you said, like young entrepreneurship, like doing what you're doing and the vision that you have. I think right. that that's the that's the first most important thing is the vision. Like you gotta have a dream, whether you're dreaming while you're sleeping or you daydreaming of like, yo, this is what I want this to happen. This is how I want this to go down. Like, and this is something going all the way back because people don't know. Like, you know what I'm saying? Unique detailing go all the way back. You know what I'm saying? Early '90s when we used to be at uh at 202 Hampton Road. You know, yeah, saying, busting them suds on these cars. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and for you to, to to take it now to like, yo, like I got a, you know what I'm saying, a skill of doing this. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna get all the professional things that I need, and I'm and I'm gonna knock this stuff out, man. So I just wanna say publicly again that I'm proud of you, of everything that you've done, the mindset that you have. Like I know one day you called me when I was at work. And you was at work, and we talked about two hours. Just talking about, we just talking about money and like, you know what I'm saying, and this and credit and all this type of stuff, just to see the growth that both of us have had. You know what I'm saying? We, like we talked about that day, like how we grew up. Like this is how we grew up. We didn't have, you know, financial people in our life. Like we was raised, yo, don't get a credit card. Credit cards are bad. You know what I mean? And it's just like, nah, it really ain't. You know, and so you know for, for you to change your mindset and to um be in these different rooms and being around different people and um just the way that you're thinking man i just want to say that i'm proud of you man oh man appreciate it hey same as you man like i said you know we did we talked i mean before we knew it man we was talking for like two hours and i was like nah, i said man we've been talking for like two hours <laughs> but uh, but it was good conversation though you know and uh, I'm that sharp and iron, you know, and that's how I look at it. You you put me on stuff I didn't know. I put you on stuff you didn't know. And, and that's just how it is. But I, I always, what I've learned is you always surround yourself by people that's doing it bigger and better. And that's how you learn. That's how you grow. That's how you develop those mindsets or being around people that's doing it bigger and better than you. And you just learn when you when you when you come in a vicinity of people like that, 
the 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 thing of it is, hey, just be quiet and listen, yep. and just observe. You know, grab all the knowledge you can grab, man, and then just come out here and apply it to your life and make it happen. Man, you are definitely right, man. So, what I'm gonna do, man? Like, one of the reasons why we even set this up, man. Uh, the subject matter today, people, is if you saw the title, there is a Amazon Prime documentary, three-part documentary out. Uh, it came out a couple of weeks ago. It's called Fat Tuesday. The uh, I think it was the era of hip hop comedy. Right. And you called me one day and you was just like, yo, man, have you seen uh, Fat Tuesday? And I was like, yo, I seen that. I said, listen, I said, listen, you got to get on the pie, yo. Like, you got, I was like, let's not even talk about it. We got to get on the pie. And like, man, to, to see the, the revolution of what comedy did in the late 80s to mid 90s and all of the things that happened in this documentary, man. It is just great, man. A huge salute to Joe Torrey. But what I'm going to ask you, because it's like, what was your first initial thought when you finished the three episodes of Fat Tuesday? Man, it was a lot. Because like I said, you know, uh, you we grew up thinking that, oh, man, all these comedies, all these comedies came, all these comedians came out of Def Jam. And so when I saw that Joe Torrey was the, I mean, it's Guy Torrey, right? Yeah, Guy, Guy Torrey, yeah. That he set that, he set that stage for them, man. It was just like, it was like, man, like, man, my wife was just sitting there, man. And we just, we looked at all three episodes back to back. And I was like, man, I just couldn't believe it, you know, that, you just wouldn't have thought like, man, this man. So that's where everybody came from. You be like, man. I mean, it was it was amazing to me. I, I stuck to the chill, man. I I didn't move. I looked at all three episodes, man. It was just crazy, dude. I was I was the same way, and I came across it not even really looking for it, man. I was just you know I'm I'm a huge content. You know what I'm saying? Watching, man. So I, I was like, I haven't been on Amazon Prime in a while. So I clicked on Amazon Prime. And I'm, you know, I'm clicking through the uh, Prime Originals and I see Fat Tuesday. I'm like, oh, snap. I was like, all right, you know, let me watch this. Yeah. And to, like you said, you know, us being in South Carolina, we are already behind anyway. You right. Know? So we seeing HBO, we seeing Def Comedy Jam, and we like, Oh snap! So we think a Def Comedy Jam is like where is that? Which it is. Like Def Comedy Jam was like the first place where we were able to watch black comedians that related to us. Like we, right. like not that white comedians aren't funny. It's just that there are some things just in the black community that we get. It's like yo, like I, like that's happened to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like that type yeah. stuff. So we thinking Def Comedy Jam is where it started, but in all actuality, it really started with Robin Williams. I'm not Robin Williams, uh Robin uh Robin Harris. Right. And the funny thing about Robin Harris is like me and you look, you know what I'm saying? We go straight to house party. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And like and he pops, he pops to me. You know what I'm saying? Even though even though he was in even though he was in Harlem Nights, but he had a small, you know, role yeah. in Harlem Nights. He didn't say much in Harlem Nights. 
But right. like, so the first thing I think of, of of Robin Harris is is Pops, and it's crazy to think that it, to think that this dude, and and and, and I'm, I'm not trying to make fun of him right here, but but when I when I see it, it was just funny. Okay, okay. Now the first part ain't funny. I hate that he passed away, but I'm, uh, he passed away at 36. But think about it, dude. This dude passed away at 36. Yeah, and he had high school students. <laughs> but was but but the thing about it, man, what was really mind blowing to me was his age. Yeah. He didn't look his age. I could have sworn up and down this this man was every bit of like mid forties, <laughs> late forties. And when they said thirty six, I said, "Man, you got to be kidding me." He was thirty six. Yeah, he looked. He did not look his age at no. all. Like thirty six, because it was shocking to me. I was like thirty six. I was like, yeah. and the first thing that crossed my mind, and look, I, you know, rest in peace to him. He was a great yeah. comedian, but he would, you know what I'm saying, he would appreciate this. But like, dude, you had a 17, 18 year old, <laughs> you were 36, and you was a dad. Like, you had that boy when you was eight. Like, yeah. <laughs> like this is crazy. But he but he had an old soul though. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Did. Like it, but I didn't know, like it, the really the foundation on uh, Tommy, Tommy Davidson said it perfect. He was like Robin Harris was the backbone to comedy because he used to work at the comedy store and the comedy store was a white club and right. they and the appointed person at that time they said it was a uh, it was a uh, John Witherspoon so John Witherspoon was like the only like black comic that they had and they would let Paul Mooney come on at the end. Right. So like those was really the only two people, and they would like kind of sprinkle in Robin Harris, and Robin Harris was like, "Yo, you know what?" Because the the comedy store was in Beverly Hills, so he just went to uh the comedy uh oh what they called it. He had went to uh I forget what they call that comic club. It'll come to me in a second. But so he goes to the, the black side of town. Mm-hmm. And they let him host. A, I think it was a comedy jar. Yeah. And so he's hosting that, and like he's doing his whole bit on Baby's Kid. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yo, Baby's Kid is is one is one of those movies where it's just like, yo, if you black and you ain't seen Baby Kids, don't even yeah. talk. To me, man. <laughs> like, like, don't even talk to me, yo. Like I we. Your mama didn't raise you right, man. You ain't seen baby eight kids, man. Yeah, because that was in that was in our that was in our time. That was when we was coming up. You know, that was when we was little kids looking at that. Man, it was and it was funny, man. Like that was just the funniest stuff ever. I was like, dang, this is funny, like real funny. And what I thought that the the, the uh, one guy that did the movie. He was like, what we thought was great was to do it animated because he was like, people can grow up with it. And I think that that was a great idea to do it that way because even as us being grown-ups, we can go back and watch Baby Kids and we can like relive our childhood. And it's like, it's one of those movies that never get old. Like those jokes never 
get old. Like they're just as funny as it was back then as it is now. And right. like I, I was look I, I was looking at it and he had and Rob, and Robin Harris just had this thing about him, man. Like he he in the bit he was saying he said, man, he said, man, I hate my wife. He was like, I hate her. He said, man, he said, I wore my ring on the wrong finger because I married the wrong woman. <laughs> but like the whole, but the whole baby H kid thing, man, and and um and him being a house party. I mean, like what I remember the most about house party is like, like, cause you know. Me and you the same way. We watching something that we done seen a hundred times. Oh yeah, we, we we talking along with it. You know oh, what yeah. I'm saying? <laughs> like, that's just what it is. Yeah. And like and Robert Williams, he had all the requotable moments, man. Like yeah. everything he said, like he never disappointed every time he was on screen, man, when it came to house party. So I love to see the fact that they singled out a segment for Robin Harris and to say that yo none of this stuff would have been possible even when they transitioned into Joe Tory he was like Joe was like yo I spent a year with Robin Harris and every I learned everything from him right and I, I love how they was able to do that man because Robin Harris is one of those comedians that we forget about and it's because he died so young yeah he did man he really did and I mean I'm like man you know and I just when they said his age, I, I really couldn't. I was like, man, 36? He died at 36? I was like, man, that was... I said, man, he was young, man. I said, but he did look his age, and like you said, he just had, a, he had an old soul, and I guess that's what made him made him look old or made him act old because he had that old soul, and I was like, man. But like you said, you know, like, yeah, he was doing it really kick that thing off. Yeah, man, definitely. And, and you know, another thing that's wild about, and, and you know, I'm a history guy. I love watching a lot of old things. And and it seems like we can't escape. It's like people don't understand. Now, there's a whole bunch of different movies, documentaries, everything about the whole Rodney King era. Right. And it's like, no matter what you're doing, it's like, 1991, like Rodney King and the verdict of Rodney King changed everything. It, it really flipped America because that was the first time because because black people been talking forever. Yo, man, the police is beating us up and beating us down. People coming up missing. Um, like they they they're in rap songs. Um, man, even Marvin Gaye was talking about this stuff. You know what I'm saying? Right. Back in the 70s, back in the 60s, and like everybody, like, oh, you know, black people lying. That's not what's going on. And like, this was the first time it was captured on film of a black man get beat down by the cops excessively. So, right. the reason I bring this up, if y'all have not seen Fat Tuesday, is the fact of when Robin Williams went to the, if I'm not mistaken, the comedy jar, it was in the black neighborhood. Yeah. So it's all, all the drug dealers in there, the, the the celebrities, everybody's going in there because, like I said, the comedy store really wasn't a black club. Right. So you had to go to the black neighborhood to see the black comedians. And when the verdict came down on the four cops uh, of not guilty, <laughs> which is 
back then it's shocking, but now it's like, look, it's, it's just life. You know what I'm saying? We we, we expect, oh yeah, you know, uh, uh, George Floyd, you know, all these people, oh, that's not guilty. Like we we, we gonna assume that the cop is gonna get off now. But back then in '91, that, that was the first time it was caught on film. So they're like, oh, they they got these dudes. Yeah. So when it came through not guilty. Then all the riots start, the looting starts, and all that stuff. But what yep. they didn't expect to happen was that comedy club was going to be affected because it was in the black neighborhood that they just basically burnt down. So now the comedy club that was left behind by Robin Williams and Joe Torrey is not as profitable anymore because the whole neighborhood been burnt down. Right. So I just felt that that was it was needed and to think that someone that was the little brother because like joe was very popular at the time everybody knew who joe tory was his brother came in from st louis they didn't know even joe was like i never looked at you as funny like i didn't even know you was even trying to be a comedian and so he comes down and he has this whole different mindset of being focused. And right. I'm gonna tell you something that I did not know. That that the one episode of Martin that just everybody just seems to remember is the one episode when they went on vacation and that uh <laughs> and that hamster thing, <laughs> whatever that thing was. Hey, I did not know Joe Torrey was the one who wrote that whole episode, yo. I didn't either. Like, that was one of the best episodes of Martin. Yeah, I did not know that. I did not know. And so the whole, like, the, the information that we're getting from this documentary, like, it, it gives you that whole different this mindset like of when you're looking at it, because like when I think of Guy Tori, I don't like he's funny, but like I've only really seen Guy Tori in guest spots and yeah movies, you know, you know, he was in life, but you know, he didn't really have a lot of words in life. So, you know, you don't really think of Joe Tori, I mean on uh, Guy Tori even being this guy, but he has a uh I think that that Martin episode gave him the freedom of like when he went to the comedy store mm-hmm. and they was just like yo this is what we'll do we'll give you a night in the in um in the belly room which only seated 89 people and they were like we're gonna give you one month yeah <laughs> to, to, to see what you got and that, one month? and that thing took off though man like I was I was amazed that that but he was just he was so different from his brother though man like I told him it was just so different from his brother like it was to the fact it was to the point that they didn't even really get along like oh yeah they they argue every time like all the time because Gator Gator was punctual with his time. You know, versus Joe Tor, he just showed up when he felt like showing up. (laughs) (laughs) But the thing about it, though, I know there had to be something, though, because it's like, man, I brought my little brother down here 
he staying with me and everything. I let him crash in my crib and everything. And he turned out to really be a bigger person than his older guy Tori ended up being a bigger person, becoming more big and more successful, more big, more big and more noticeable than Joe Tori. And I'm like, damn, but I said, but you know, they were them two just night and day, man. Like, you know, like you said, guy Tori was just focused. Man. He was really focusing on what he was doing. Versus yeah, like him. just like, man, whatever, you know, like, I'm good. I done did this movie. I done did this. I done did that, you know. That's just like when he told the story of uh, when he saw Janet Jackson Titty. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and he was like, yo, it just popped out, you know. And so he was like, uh, Janet invited him to a party. Right. And so Joe, like, yo, you know what I'm saying? Janet wants you to come to this party. He's like, what time is it? And he told him, he's like, yo, I just broke these three jokes down, man. I gotta, I gotta go work these jokes out. He was like, yo, Janet Jackson <laughs> invited you to a party. Like, if right. Janet invited you to a party, you come. But he said that's when he realized, oh, my brother's serious. Yeah. Like, my, like, my brother, he, he really, he really serious. But I get with Joe, because see, I think that that's where the, one of their biggest disconnect like kind of started. Because yeah. Joe looked at it like, yo, you about to be in a room with people that you've never been in a room with. Right. And he was like, Janet can get you a room. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And But he, it's like Joe understood it, but he just looked at it from his point of view. Because his point of view was like, you're going to be around people that can give you opportunities. But right. your guy looked at it like, yo, I got these three jokes. I need to work this. And right. even though we hyping up Guy, none of this would be possible without Joe as well. Because, yeah, it's his brother. But a lot of people still won't let their brothers crash on their couch for free. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But he said, yo, as long as you hitting those those stages, you can stay with me as long as you want for free. But I right. think that with it's when it comes to comedy, man, it's it's all about who you know. And because of the relationship that Joe already had with Joe being close to Robin Harris and then like all the comedians that he was hooking up, you know, Guy was able to to take those relationships and skyrocket with it. Oh yeah. And it's like and when you watch this documentary, I mean like when when you think about comedy in the late 80s and 90s, like Guy Tory and Joe Tory had a relationship with all of them. I mean when you're talking about the Bill Bellamy's, the Chris Rocks, the Chris well Chris Rock really didn't really didn't do it. He kind of already was kind of up there because Chris Rock and, and Eddie Murphy, like they was already like on. Yeah. They didn't really need like like uh, uh Fat Tuesday, but you know the the Nick Cannons, the uh uh the Martin Lord because Martin like it was it was it was everybody and to think that Russell Simmons and um I forget my man, uh, first name, Lathan. Um, they went to the comedy store and they just started plucking everybody from the comedy store. Like, yo, we just gonna, we ain't got no script, we ain't got nothing. All we know is we filming, 
if we come to think of Def coming to jam and all y'all just come down here and it's just like they went to one spot and got all the black comedians and and put together one of the greatest shows where the greatest collection of talent yeah all that collection of talent like you said in the beginning of the show came from something that Guy Tory put together for one night on a Tuesday night in LA all that stuff came and it made Def Comedy Jam. But the thing and the thing about it though, I I, I noticed too that that one night paid did better than all the other nights that it was open. Like that one night, that man, the owner said it paid my rent. Like that one night paid my rent for the whole yeah. time. He said that uh, that guy said that yo, we would have closed down years ago. And he was like, Fat Cheese that kept my club open. I because he was like, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, he was saying something about I was gonna close it down. But Fat but a Fat Tuesday saved my club. He was like, I was able to keep my club open only because of that. And it was so successful in that one month, that one February, in that little room that they said that, that the fire marshal told us 89 people, but that lady said, yo, we filled this room out. <laughs> and like, even Darnell said, Darnell, right? hey, listen, I love Darnell. Darnell's a clown. Darnell said, <laughs> Darnell said, yo, he said you gotta get people out there to get to the other side of the room. Because <laughs> you know? they were so tight. They was, they was, man, they were packed in there like sardines, man. And so it got so big, they was like, yo, we're going to give you the main room because, yeah. like, the money you're making in just this tiny little part of our club, well, I'm saying, we'll put you on the main stage and that should double our money. And it doubled yeah. its money. And, yeah. but this is the thing, though, B. And, and, man, this is one of the main reasons why I want to talk to you. The crazy thing is that, so they was talking to, like, like film directors. They was like, yo, like look at the the talent and the way that black films and black comedians took off in the 90s when it came to like Chris Tucker said yo I got Friday from coming here on a fat Tuesday yeah. you know what I'm saying like because because the thing about it the thing about it God tour was like connecting them brothers man like hey Listen, I got, I got, a, I got, I got what you call them going to be here, man. Look, I'm going to give you, you know, give you your time on the stage to do your thing, man. And it was just like, boom, they were just connected. Boom, boom. Because like you said, a lot of people, a lot, it was a lot of people that were looking for talent. And so they would come to Fat Tuesdays and get that talent. You know, a lot of those film directors and all these people, hey man, yeah, boom, yeah, get on, let's, let's, yeah, let's, let's link up, do this, do that, you know, and I'm like, man, that's, and that's, that was the craziest thing, man, that, you know, Gator was not, Gator was itself, man, he, he made sure, like, hey, you know, I'm gonna put you on, man, this person gonna be in the building, man, I'm gonna have this person in the building, you know, hey, you get on the stage, do your thing, man. You know, and they were just connected. They were just boom, you know, because that's where everybody would come. Fat to get their talent, man. Or get 
yeah, I'm gonna get you starting the movement. What you think about starting in this, starting in that? And it was just like, it just catapulted from them. Dude, I am so glad you said that word. How unselfish. To, to think about a guy that came in, you know, already being in the shadow of his big brother who already got steamed. Yeah. To be like, yo, my main thing is I want to put people on. And it's not a lot of people who have that mentality. There's some people that's like, yo, I'm trying to get my cell phone. And once I get my cell phone, my main priority is me. Guy yeah. is like, yo, my whole thing is I want, you know, Tommy Davidson to shine. I want Chris Tucker to shine. You know, I want uh, Dave Chappelle to shine, JB Smooth to shine. And not even just that. And another thing that's great about um guy Tory is the fact that they said that on uh, and they brought one uh film director on they was like there was at least one woman every tuesday that i came she was like that didn't happen at yeah. any other comedy club guy was like he was so before his time he was like yo these black women comedians ain't got nowhere to express their talent he was like black women funny too yeah. So he's like, yo, I'm going to make sure every Tuesday I'm going to have a woman to come up here and show off her talent as well. Yeah. And it's just like to be so ahead of your time to not only do that, but to also bring a transgender woman on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, do you know how progressive that was in the 90s? The yeah. 90s. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, you be like, man, like, and I mean, think about it. When he brought Nick Cannon in, Nick Cannon wasn't even old enough to even be in that spot. Yep. <laughs> he brought Nick Cannon through the back door. Like, Nick Cannon wasn't even old enough to even be there. He wasn't even supposed to be there. Like, period. He was not him, Tiffany Haddish. Like, they was not supposed to be there. Like, these, these kids, man. And he broke him in through the door. And uh, Nick Cannon said, Nick Cannon said, listen, man. He said, he said, God Tory is my angel, man. He said, I wouldn't even be in the position I am in right now if it wasn't for that dude. Man, it's a lot of comedians that wouldn't be where they are right now if it wasn't for Guy Tory, like opening the door for all these people and being as progressive as he was like like he's got to be like and, and, and I'm glad that they made this and I watched this because yeah. I didn't know how significant uh, Guy Tory and really Joe Tor the Tory brothers I didn't know how significant they was in the comedy game because you know you know you think of the Martins you know what I'm saying? The Dave Chappelle's and like all the stuff that they're doing now. And, like, and the reason I don't say Eddie Murphy, because Eddie Murphy was already on. Like he had, he was on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So he was already on. But like these other comedians, they they didn't have that that way to because like even even Richard Pryor, like he already was. You know, he yeah. was already on. And Bill Cosby and all those people, like they was already on. But like. You know, like somebody like Anthony Hamilton said, the entertainer, like yeah. everybody was doing, you know, okay in their city, but like LA, let's just face it, LA is where it's at. That's where the movie directors are. That's yeah. what Hollywood is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, 
Now, even even Chris Tucker said, "Yo, I'm doing my thing in Atlanta. It's not really moving." He said, "Yo, I had a ticket, a one-way ticket. <laughs> like, just get me to Los Angeles. You know what I'm saying? Just get me to Hollywood." And he just because he, he heard about Fat Tuesday, he was like, "Yo, let me do Fat Tuesday." And he was like, "Yo," and I got a roll from it. And and from Friday, he skyrocketed. Oh yeah. And it's just like, and and it's also great to see that someone who gave out that olive branch. For people to be like, yo, it's, it's all because of Joe Torrey. Yeah. I mean, Guy Torrey. Like, if it wasn't for Guy, like, I wouldn't be doing this. And then for Martin to see what he was doing, because Martin was enough. Like, just think about all of the show, and they showed this in the documentary from just from Fat Tuesday. Th- this is, okay, this is S. Foster talking here. You got the Martin show. You got Friday, you got Prince Prince of Bel-Air, you got like all of these, uh, the Jamie Foxx, Jamie Foxx, like all of these shows that, that we was watching mm-hmm. that wasn't, that wasn't the weigh-ins because, because, um, because Keenan had his own thing. Keenan, yeah. he's, a, he's another innovator and he brought a lot of people on yeah. as well. Living like, Color. Yeah, like what he did with Living Color. And, um, but like, I, it, I'm just, dude, I'm still in amazement of like, yo, like, yeah, I've I've seen Guy Tory all over the place, but I just never really knew how significant he was to to the game of comedy, man. It's it's yeah. it's, it's amazing, man, and, and he deserved his flowers, man. Oh yeah, you got you gotta give it to him. Like I said, man, when I trust me, man, I was. When I sat there and looked at all three seasons back to back, my butt was planted in that seat. And I was like, man, you got to be kidding me. And I'm like, I never knew. Like, man, like, God tore put people on, but Like, he was putting people in the game. And, and I'm glad it came out because we wouldn't never know. Because, like I said, when me and you was coming up, we just saw... We just saw Def Company Jam. That's yep. what we bought. They put everybody in the game. Def Company Jam put everybody in the game. But then when they came out with Fat Tuesday, and I was like, you, I was just on Prime looking, and I'm like, hey, Fat Tuesday, what this about? Boom, click. I was like, oh my God, man. I'm glad I saw here and clicked up. <laughs> just didn't know. You just thought, you know, like I said, from my era, Thought, hey, yeah, them comedy jam put everybody on, but to really be honest, Fat Tuesdays did that. Fat Tuesday got toward, you know, first, like you said, it started with Robin Harris, and then got toward came in and really just took that thing to a whole nother level. And I'm like, man, I was like, this is crazy, man. Like, I just wouldn't have never thought, but, you know. I'm like, man, I'm glad I actually seen this documentary because, you know, nobody, I'm pretty sure before this even came out, nobody knew. Nobody had an idea. You know, unless you was in that era. Yeah. You know, for us coming up, we just like, hey, yo, man, them company jam, but them company jam put a lot of people on, but really, you know, Fat Tuesdays did that. The, the, you know, like you said, Russell Simmons and my uh, the other guy came in the fat too and said, hey, listen, 
we got this going on. Boom, boom, boom. Y'all come on through. You know. But I mean, it's I mean, but it's that's that's history. To me, that's his. Yeah. That, that is history. And I'm like, man, you know, because they did do a little segment, did a little segment of the riot. You know what happened went down for us on LA with people was trashing man and just tearing up stuff and all that but I mean you know and it was just crazy like you were like dang man that's a lot of people came out of that little night out of that little comedy club man and that's doing doing their thing man they started their movies and, and, and uh, got their own shows like Steve Harvey you know all them cats man I'm like just some wild and crazy stuff, man. Yeah, man. I, yeah, I forgot. I forgot to mention Steve Harvey, man. Cause like, cause man, we used to watch all those shows back in the day, man. Like, like Martin, Steve Harvey, uh, the Steve Harvey Show, uh, Fresh uh, Prince of Bel Air, the Jamie Foxx Show. Yeah. Uh, then, then the Wayne and Brothers, they got a show. Like, yeah. you can't find it nowhere now. You only find it on BET now. Like it ain't nowhere else. Like they was on network stations. You know what yep. I'm saying? Like they wasn't just on the black channel. Yeah. And and to and another thing to piggyback off of what you were saying about the uh it's the guy Tory was social media before social media. Cause like they talk they had a segment on there talking about like the comedians that came up through social media, like they talked to DC Young Fly, you know, about like how he started doing the binds and then it caught fire. Then he was just like, but like, God did all that stuff without social media. Like, we're talking what look, we all know to remember, like, word of mouth, you know, yeah. you found out stuff through, you know what I'm saying, talking to somebody else, and like, that's how you found out about things. And yeah. it's just, for a guy to be doing it like they, they had asked Cat Williams, they're like, Hey, how did you find out about about Fat Tuesday? He said, How you find out about Jesus? <laughs> he said, People talking about it. <laughs> and it's just because just think, cause think about it, think about it. We're talking LA. Chris Tucker heard about this in Atlanta. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He just he just got a ticket to fly out there because he heard somebody talking about it. But just imagine, man, like if what we had now, if we took it to that 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 era of time, imagine what it would have done. Even probably even like bigger and better. Even more bigger and better because, like you said, during that era, got to have a lot of things happen without social social media. We didn't have social media back in that time, and like you said, this trans this got our way out to Atlanta. Now you talking about LA to Atlanta, and Chris Tucker like, look, man, I gotta get to LA. Like I gotta, I gotta see what's going on at Fat Tuesday. I gotta like get in there, and so you just you think about things. Think about how things could have been if if what we if the tools that we had now 
if we would have had a baby. <laughs> that was That's just crazy. crazy, man. That was it. Just world. Yeah, and uh, before, cause now I want, I'm gonna tell you now because I want you to think about it. I want to know, I want to know your top three stand-up comedians. So just keep that in your mind. I'm gonna ask you that question here in a minute. So I want you to come together with your top three stand-up comedians. But one thing that was great was to see the full circle of. Okay, well before I do that, they had a whole like the whole second or third episode was really about the women that was in the game. And so you gotta salute out to them and all of the women that had came through that he had put on, the transgender woman that he had put on, and then you also um um the other thing that I wanted to mention was the full like I was like I was about to say that full circle of there were comedians that they didn't get as big as like the Martin and the Chris Tuckers and the Bill Bellamy's, all that type stuff. So they named it Get on the Wall. It was all about getting your name on that wall. You know what I'm saying? And and the one thing that sucked, there was one woman, oh man, I can't remember what her name was, skinny lady. Um, She was like, yo, I had a spot here. Every week, I hosted it. Cause when Guy got busy, writing yeah. for all these movies and all this stuff she ran the club right on Fat Tuesdays her name wasn't even on the wall which makes no sense but it was great to see that moment of all of those people who didn't get as big got to get their name on the wall and I yeah. thought that that was so great to see um, because like like to us like those people were big like Jay Farrell's name wasn't on the Wow, which was weird because you know he got on Saturday Night Live. Um, he was able to have a show which I thought was a great show. A lot of people didn't really hear about it and see it, but he had got a show on uh, Showtime called White Famous, and I thought it was hilarious. Me, I thought it was funny, but it only got one season. They never picked it up for a second season, but um, it was great to see everybody get their name on the wall that had something to do um, with the comedy store when it came to Fat Tuesday because if they did not have Fat Tuesdays like that club, like I mentioned earlier that club would have been shut down like oh, yeah. years ago he, he kept that club afloat so man, I want to know not comedians, just stand up comedians who are your top three stand up comedians of all time top three, like not not comedians, comedians, but stand up. Stand up, yeah. Like, like not them in the movie, you know what I'm saying? But them doing stand up comedy. Oh, man. Yeah, see, boy, it's different. It's yeah. yeah, see, I really don't have it. The okay. Big- now it's it's really tough to do because either way, because if you only say three names, you're leaving somebody out. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And I'm a huge component. I remember the, the first special I ever saw. The first special, and, and I think this is why um this dude is in my I'm not gonna go in any order, but the first name I'm gonna mention is because this was the first stand-up that I well, first stand-up special that I saw that I can remember. 
and it's Eddie Murphy Raw. That was one of the first, and, 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 and I shouldn't have been watching it at that age, but that was one of the first ones I saw, and I was just like, yo, this dude is different. So I would have to put Eddie Murphy in mind because that was really like the first time I was really introduced to stand-up comedy. And okay. so I would, yeah, I would go him. Another person that I, I got to mention, and they even had pulled out, a, they even had a, a little, a little segment talking about this. And so I got a little story to go along with, with, with the second person I mentioned because, so somebody had went out there on Def Comedy Jam, killed it. So this comedian is like, yo. He go up to Kid Capri. It was like, look, every time I say this, I'm going to say this, and then I want you to just play this beat. And so he go out there, I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. And then, <laughs> kick it! And I say, kick it! <laughs> Y'all don't understand. Hey, yo, that was, hey, that was one of the funniest shits I've ever seen in my life when Bernie Mac did that. And yeah, but obviously... But that was his first time. Like, that's when he first came out. Because I remember because Bill Bellamy talked about it. And he was yeah. like, yo, man, he said, what they doing on this? Uh, so, 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 so. so he said, shoot, that mother came out, dude. And when he said that, man, the whole crowd went stupid, man. They went plumb stupid they was like oh my god like this dude is just like that's when everything blew up for bernie bernie is my man but like hands down bernie is my mate if i was gonna go with my top that he's in my top three bernie i knew i knew bernie had to be in there i knew bernie had to be in your my top and Kings of Comedy is just that's that that whole set might be like if if, if somebody flew an alien down here and was like, yo, we want you to show just one set. What are you gonna show them? I'm showing them the Kings of Comedy set of Bernie Mac. And I guarantee you you gonna laugh. So I would say Bernie Mac is is one. And then the other person that I would have to say oh man I hate doing this man because I'm going to leave a whole bunch of people out like a whole bunch of people is going to be left out but if if I had to say one person when it comes to stand up I, I want to say Martin but I'm not, I'm not going to go Martin but I might have to go and I know at this moment right now is a controversial thing to say. Is I, I might have to go Dave Chappelle. Um because of what he has been doing for the last couple of years, man, for like the last like decade. Like, I know a lot of people are mad at him about his last special, about the things that they, they just feel like he keeps doubling down on this transgender thing. Um, I don't really want to make it about that. I just want to just talk about how Dave Chappelle 
what he started doing with his comedy is storytelling. And his story storytelling ability and the way he's able to do it, like he's just so funny. And I would have to say him, like it's hard for me. I mean, like, look, man, there's a lot of comedians that have great sets, man. Uh, Richard Pryor had great sets. With Martin, obviously, you know, he hosted Def Comedy Jam. Uh, Steve Harvey, he had some good sets, man. Said the entertainer, like, what he was able to do on the stage when it came with Kings of Comedy, man. He got so many recordable things there. And I'm doing all the talking, y'all, because uh, I lost connection with my cousin B. I'm going to see if he can hop back in here in the next couple of minutes, if not. Because uh, I don't really know what's going on with his connection right now. But hopefully I can get him back on. But what Sayed did with, with the Kings of Comedy, man, it, it was just unreal. Um, uh, DL, he, he did good on that, but Obviously, to me anyway, said and Bernie stole the show. Joe Tory, he had great sets. Chris Tucker had great sets. Um, and a lot of that man was was, was really deaf comedy jam. Like, you know, coming up, you know, in the nineties, and deaf comedy jam used to come on HBO late at night. It was just it was just different and, and 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 my cousin B he's the comedy person like don't get me wrong like I love to laugh you know so I, I would watch comedy deaf comedy jam because it was, it was just funny but and but I was always more of the drama horror guy when it came to films so that's why when it comes to comedy you know I, I love reaching out to my cousin B and, and, and Scoops because they they watched it with with a different kind of ear like i just watched it for um to get a good laugh in like like i can't remember a lot of bits but there are some people and some things that just stand out and so i would have to go in as far as my top three i would have to go eddie murphy because like i said raw birthed it for me i can't but you know what the thing is, I can't remember if I seen Raw Delirious first, but both of those specials were just different. Like Eddie Murphy, when it comes to stand-up, is just he's just a different animal, man. And just the way that he's just able to imitate people and all of that type of stuff, like Eddie Murphy is just unreal. And Bernie Mac was. You think, how do you even come up with this stuff? You know what I'm saying? And my third person, I, I would I would have to go Dave Chappelle. I, I just think that Dave just took comedy to a different level of the storytelling. Now, don't get me wrong, like like Richard Pryor was a great storyteller. You know, he he told the whole story about how he got so high that he set himself on fire and made jokes about it. You know what I'm saying? And that's like an uncomfortable room to be in because like at the time, like people knew that he set himself on fire because he was high on drugs. 
And then you go in there and you tell the story about how you got high on drugs. You made a joke saying, when you were on fire, people would get out of your way. Like that, yo, that is one of the most funniest things I have ever heard is when he did that. So um, so I would have to go there, man. I see I got B back with me. Uh, I kept it rolling, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm a professional podcaster. You know what I'm saying? Like I know how to, I know how to keep talking on this bad boy. But um, but listen, um, I'm just gonna say that that third person that uh that I chose was was Dave Chappelle. Um, so that's why I had to go there. So so we know you got one. We know Bernie Mac is one of them. So you was able to come up come up with two more names. I know it's hard, cause I know it's hard, cause you leave people out. But uh, I'm a I gotta go. Okay, I got Bernie Mac, I got Cat Williams, and I got uh, I got uh. I can't think of his name. I was my man, uh, my man that uh, my man that played in the Fridays. Chris Tucker. Oh, Mike Epps. Mike Epps. You know, I haven't seen a lot of Mike Epps stand up. I really haven't. Um, but the yo, the Pimp Chronicles Part One. That that's. Yo, listen to me. That might be one of like that's that's in my top five of comedy special. Okay. What he what he was able to do on Pimp Chronicles, man. There is so many there's so many quotable moments in there, man. Yo, man, listen. Cat Williams is he, he's different. Yeah. Like, he's different, especially before you know he he really got heavy into the drugs and the drinking but like yeah man yo when he told when he told the story when he, when he told the story of uh of the of the weed he said he said man they're coming up with the crazy name he said <laughs> he said he said he said he said he said, nigga. He said, man. He said, this shit right here, nigga. This shit right here, nigga. This shit right here, nigga. He said, this shit called death. He said, nigga. He said, what? I'm gonna hit it and die, nigga. He said, he said, nah. He said, once you hit this, you ain't gonna hear shit. Hey, when I tell you, cause when I tell you, mom, it's the, the first—it's funny every time. But the first time I heard that, yo, I was on the floor, <laughs> like on the floor, laughing so hard, yo, my whole stomach—I had a six-pack when I was done laughing at that. I don't know why I thought that was so funny, but to me. Man, that hey, I was dying laughing when I heard that, but hey, man, listen, if I had three of them, 
three of them guys in the room, man, I would literally be hurting. They would have to literally take me to the hospital. I'd be laughing so much. Because they just funny, man. Especially, like, with Bernie Mac and then Mike Epps with their facial expression when they telling the jokes. <laughs> yeah. That's what get me every time. They facial expressions when they telling the joke. <laughs> Like you like the person the person that get me like that, like facial expressions, like now those people that you said are great, but another person that get me with facial expressions is Darnell Rollins, man. Darnell facial expressions be funny too. <laughs> he man, Darnell like one of those guys. And this is one thing that you hear about comedians before I let you go, is like people think that they're like funny all the time. Like, yeah. you know, some of them, like, it's a switch for them. Yeah. But there are some people who are just naturally funny. Like, it's just yeah. the way that they talk, the way that they carry themselves. To me, Darnell is one of those guys. Like, he just, he just funny. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they ain't, I don't think he's trying to be. I just think that's just the way that he is. Like, you know, a guy like Eddie Murphy, like, yeah, he's hilarious, but like, I've seen him in interviews and like he, he just you know, he's like yeah. a regular guy. Yeah, you know? not, like, like you said, he has that switch. He just turns it off like, all right, I'm serious. Yeah, yeah. And, and and I think that people like Darnell is just like always I think Chris Tucker's kinda like that. I think even even when he's being interviewed, like it, it's just like some words that he say, like it, it's just funny. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, man. Nah, that's a good. That's a good top three, man. That's a good top three. I ain't mad at it. I ain't mad at it. Cat Williams is a great one. Cat yeah. Williams. Yeah, man. But before before I get you out of here, cause like always, man, I want you to uh to to plug your your uh your your business and you know some of the things that you want to do as far as the future of where you want to take your business. So man, shout out uh unique detailing before I get you out of here. Yeah, man. Uh well, Brandon Foster man, uh, I'm the owner of Unique Detailing and More uh LLC. I'm out of Greer, South Carolina. And um for his expansion, man, I got a, a lot of things that I do wanna do for his expanding. And I didn't notice uh, until my leader, my leader sat down with me and when, when we first did unique detailing, when we first, you know, getting out the plans, man. And I really, I really appreciate him for that, man. Uh, my apostle, Gerald Williams. I really appreciate him for that, taking the time out with me to really sit down with me and was like, you know, he kind of, put me on game about it because he was just like and I didn't know this at the time and he was like listen he said uh when we were sitting down and doing everything he went and got my first flyer for me and everything man so I really you know shout out to him salute him for that but uh he told me he said listen he said in in this uh when you do unique detailing don't just put yourself in a box he said uh do you need detailing and more he said because that way it it opens your business up to not just be boxed in with unique detailing you could do uh 
great jobs, anything pretty much containing to a, a car. And I was like, man, I didn't think about that. So what we did, we did, me and him both, we did unique detailing and more. And so with that, I've actually opened, I actually, since I've been in business, I didn't did brake jobs. I didn't have to uh, uh, repair uh, uh, side view mirrors or tail lights for people, man. So, I mean, really, fully expanding. Um, um, eventually, I'm going to be doing pretty much anything pertaining to a car, man, whether uh, buying and selling. I've done that where I bought a car and then I turned around and flipped it and sold it. Uh, uh, I want to get into uh, restoration bills for us like painting and, you know, pretty much anything you can name up with a car, man. I want to have my hands in because I just know that's just going to be one thing that's going to be around for a very, very long time. Yeah, man. Like, you've been... Y'all, listen to me. This dude been building model cars, man, since we was kids. And he is working, working, got a project now. You know what I'm saying? The, what, the, it's a 90, 94 or 95 Accord. 94, uh, 94 Honda Accord, man. Yeah, yeah, this dude, he's building a, a 94 Honda Accord right now, y'all. Um, so you doing your thing, cuz, man. Like I told you in the beginning, man, I'm proud of you, man. Like, you know, for someone to, to take a passion that, that they had, you know, since they was a kid, like you were building model cars to grow up to build cars that actually on the road, you know what I'm saying? So uh, that's always a, a blessing to see somebody that have a passion about something and they go out and they do something about it. So that's dope, man. That's, that's really, really dope. Yeah, man. And, um, you know, as far as yourself, man, like I said, you know, me and you, we've had a lot of conversations about certain things and a lot of things that we got going on. But man, really, uh, I'm really proud of you mostly, man, because of your your accomplishments and the things that you're doing with this podcast, man. Uh, like I said, I'm always I'm always peeking in on. I'm always, you know, um, when you put your stuff out there on Facebook, man. I'm always trying to make sure I share, get the word around, man. And I'm seeing where you took it, you know, where it was, you know, for as yourself, you was just doing it by yourself. And now, you know, you know, uh, uh, rest in peace to Uncle Washington, man. You brung him in and y'all did y'all thing. And then, you know, now it's like you're collabing with other people. And that's what it's about, you know, networking, man, getting out there, collabing with other people that's on that's either doing it bigger than better than you or or trying to come up, you know, trying to get into what you what you doing and I've seen you put, you know, hey man, listen, uh this how you do that, you know. You even uh I'm pretty sure brought people up and everything like that, man. Hey, I salute you in that man and I know you got it's more to come. Like I said, uh don't give up man. Just keep at it. Eventually you know, I'm going to look and you're going to be another T.I. Expeditions. He's the man for throwing all those big words out there. Hey, but <laughs> <laughs> he 
get a man for throwing all those big words out there. Hey, what he do, but uh, but but for real, man. Like I know, I, I know without a shadow of doubt, man. You're gonna be interviewing Tyler Perry, man, and and all these big name people out there, man. But like I said, just keep at it, man. That thing gonna pay off for you. You know, I've told you that over and over again, and I keep saying it, you know. Um, your time gonna come, you know. It's a time, it's a season for everything, and, it, and your time is gonna come. Your season is gonna come, and it's gonna uh, go out there, man. You're gonna be able to bring people in, man. You may own studio. And I always tell people, man, even in my business, man, I tell people it's not the it's not the it's not the it's not the uh it's not the start of a thing, it's the end of it. And when you start something, I always have an ending in mind. You know, uh never treat it even though you know, okay, this is what it is. Treat it treat it like a Fortune five million dollar thing. And say, listen, man, I know I've done a uh, hundred episodes, but I know one of these episodes is going to catapult me to a whole nother level, man. You know, people going to know about you uh, in L.A. People going to know about you in Australia, these big places, man. So, you know, hey, man, uh just encourage you, man. Keep it going. Keep doing what you're doing. Like I said, I'm always peeking in on you, man, checking you out and all that. And I was kind of like, man, I said, you know, I, I'm used to your uh, – your live things on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, you know, like I said, nah, I said, but you know, I'm always peeking in when I when I see you post something, man. I make sure I share it, man, get it out to uh, whoever on my side of things, man. You know, because you never know, you got people that's probably looking into doing the same thing you're doing and might want to get on and talk about some subjects that that you might be expounding on, man. And you just never know, man. You might end up getting connected with somebody and say, hey, man, I know a dude, man, that can put you here, put you there. You just never know. So that's why I always try to encourage uh, you and anybody, man, just keep doing what you're doing, man, because eventually it's going to pay off. Man, I, I truly appreciate those words, cuz. It's just like I don't even feel right doing live no more without Unk being in front of me, man. Like yeah. I, I haven't done a live since Unk. You know what I mean? Like that's the that's the last that's the last time I've you know did a podcast live um on, on Facebook, you know, was was when Unk was here, man. Missed that dude, man. Like, you know, I was just talking to uh before I let you go, I was just talking to Jamar about about that um the other day. Cause me and him, we had some talks about some things. And he was just saying, like, just those podcasts were just different. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. With Uncle Washington, man. And, and, you know, he told me and Scoops both told me. They both was like, yo, like, I don't know what you're going to do with the Stolen Time podcast. But it was like, whatever it is, it was like, this is no disrespect. It was like, I won't be a co-host. It was like, because Uncle was so good. He was so unique at it nobody yeah. can take his place you yeah. know and that's why you know unfortunately i had to put the stolen time podcast to bed because like Unk was so good and he was so different that nobody else could fill his spot man so but you know i already had this avenue with 28 minutes less so i was like i just continue this and you know me and scoops we do our thing on viewers anonymous you know so 
but man, I still miss him, man. Like, you know, I, I still be going back listening to old episodes, man, just, just to hear his voice, man. That was the one great thing about the Stolen Time Podcast is his voice lives on forever, man. I, I, oh, I can listen I mean, to him anytime I want. And like you said, you know, I, um, us with me with him, I missed the talks, man. You know, we had we had conversation. You know, I go by the like, what's up? You know, like we'll sit down and just have casual conversations, man. But the but the thing about him that I love the most, that I that I respected and that I love the most, man, that he didn't have a negative bone in his body, man. When it came to what he was always positive, you know, but sometimes. For me, I needed that. You know what I'm saying? Like I, like I could go over there, man, and just like sometimes you just need that positivity. You know, like you need that person to tell you, even though you didn't really see it in yourself, but for him to see it in you and tell you his thoughts about you and how he felt about you as a person, and he was just like, "Listen, it's like, man, keep doing what you're doing, man." You're an awesome dad. You know, he was just that that positive person, man. And when he left this earth, man, I was like, dang. I was like, I missed it. You know what I'm saying? Because even though in yourself you feel like, man, sometimes, you know, especially as a as a, as a man and, or as a father, as a husband or whatever, sometimes you feel like, dang, man, you know, I feel like, man, I feel like I'm failing my family, but when you got around him, it was just always positivity, man. He was just always that person. And so for, for me, he was that he was that medicine for me. You know what I'm saying? He was that medicine for me. Like when I just needed a positive when I needed a positive a positive person in my corner, or they say, man, I need well, I need I need to go see um, I need that medicine. You know what I'm saying? I need that pick me up. And he was just that person for me. He was just that person, like, hey, you know, man, he's like, you, oh man, I can't wait to this, and I can't wait till you do this, and I can't wait till you do that, man. It's gonna be awesome. And I was like, man, when he died, man, that was just like, oh man, you know. But he was that wisdom person, man, that knowledgeable person for you, man, that could give you that knowledge, give you that wisdom about certain things, and yeah, he. I missed it, you know, I really do, I missed it. But he was just a cool person all the way around the table. You know, we would laugh, you know, we, we would we would laugh about certain things. Thing, you know, he always, you know, give you his growing up and the things that he, you know, experienced and stuff like that. And when he would sit there and he would talk about them things, I would listen. And I'm like, dang, oh, you did, yeah, yeah, you know. And all that, so yeah, man. I mean, those are just some of the things that I that I miss about him, man. That I'm gonna miss about him. And man, I don't, you know, like I said, I know y'all did y'all thing on the podcast, man. I'm pretty sure, you know, uh, he gave you that that knowledge, that wisdom about certain things and everything like that. But yeah, I I really miss him, man, because he was just one of those people, man, that you liked it to be around because he never had a negativity a negativity bone in his body about nothing he was always positive 
And what I and one of the other attributes about him that I love so much, man, is that he was always helping somebody. You know what yep. I'm saying? Like, you know, you would think, you know, with him, it's just be like, man, oh, when you gonna, you know, do for yourself? He was just always helpful. Like, well, you yep. know, if you need me, just call me or come by, I'll help you, you know. And he was just always helping people, man. He was, you know, even though, you know, his situations, he was still helping people. And and I think out of all the other things, that's what I really loved about him the most, man. He just, he wasn't that selfish person. And and one of the things that always stuck out to me that he always said, he said, sometimes, you know, you, you get past the baton and it's your turn, you know. Yep. You, you gotta, you know, it's your turn now. And he said, and I was like, man, you know, but that stuck out to me and that stays with me. You know, it really does. It, it really, it stayed with me because he, that was his, that was his thing, you know, that's what he said. You know, he'll put it. So sometimes, hey, you gotta pick up the baton, you know, sometimes it, the baton get handed to you and it's your turn. And I was like, wow. So yeah, yeah, man, you know, <laughs> I'm gonna miss him too, man. <laughs> yeah, I do as well, man. I do as well. And like, um, close to close that out, man. Like we used to, uh, we we would do a two-hour pod, and we'll talk for a whole another hour <laughs> before okay. he left to go home. He was a talker. He was a talker, but he definitely was. But cuz man, I definitely appreciate you uh coming on, man. I know, I know, you know, I just gotta say it. You you know how I feel, but you know, I just gotta let the people know, you know what I'm saying, that I appreciate it, man. And you know, and I wanna shout out to everybody uh that's a part of the team, you know, when it comes to schools Bronson, J D, uh E Carter, Siege, you know what I'm saying? Cause we we're building a little something over here, some stuff that we're working on, man. Also, man, Casey. You know, he's working on some uh, things uh, music-wise, you know, still for the podcast and everything. Um, but I appreciate it, man. Uh, you got any last words before we get up out of here? No, man, I don't. Um, I'm just, you know, hey, man, like I said, uh, you know, we, what, how we do, man, when we get together, we chop it up, we laugh, we do whatever, man. And, I mean, I know we don't really talk as much. Because I know, you know, you got things going on. I got things going on. But when we always come together, man, you know, it's always laughter and um, yep. kicking up on old times and, you know, just talking about where we at, what we're doing, what projects we got going on or whatever, man. But yeah, I, it's always a, a, it's always, it's always a blessing to be on, to be on with you, man. And I just, you know, thank you for allowing me to come on, man. Really, you know, <laughs> man, man ain't, no, ain't no big deal, man. You know, man, the next, the next, the next funny thing I see, boy, I'm gonna have to hit you back up. But, hey, I'm gonna need you on the pod, man. I'm gonna need you on the pod. Oh, yeah, but uh, but yeah, uh, so I'm gonna get up out of here, y'all. Uh, we're gonna get up out of here. This was episode 75 of the 28 Minutes or Less podcast, and we out. Hey.